what are we discussing on today's podcast? Well, you know, it's crossover time with Javier Reyes. So that means it's another draft, drafting World Series contenders for the rest of the year. And we got to do a little a little preview sprinkle on the upcoming D-backs versus Padres game. All on today's Locked on Diamondbacks crossover. You are locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist, and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, then my portfolio.com. I'm there to see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every Every day, I'm not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube. So please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. And don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Sirius XM app and search up Diamondbacks. Now that we got all those little reads out the way, let's bring on the man of the hour to draft World Series contenders for the rest of the season, as always, as he does every Tuesday when we could bring him on. Who is that man? It's Javier. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> what's, what's, what's up, man? Uh, doing well, doing well, considering. Uh, I'd be both of our bad teams, right? Uh, I know we're going to talk about that. It's just been, it's a pretty rough. It's a pretty rough for both of us uh, lately. And I think that the pods are just, you know, I think we're at the point, like, I feel like we're going to be doing more discussions like this just because like, at least for my team, I know the D-backs are definitely not nearly as out of it as the Padres seemingly are, but it's just very like, feels like it. It feels like it. Like it felt like this was, this is kind of the stretch unless, you know, we're recording this. It hasn't, finished yet but the Orioles series between the Padres uh, and and Baltimore if that goes their way and then if they have a really great series this weekend then okay but otherwise looking unlikely and I think that's probably the final dagger in the Padres uh, hearts and it's it stinks man it stinks man but how have you been holding up you know, I'm trying. I mean, the Padres could deliver the final dagger to the D-backs hearts if they want this upcoming uh, series between our two teams because we got a four-game series starting this weekend. And, I mean, the D-backs, they've had so many games the last couple of weeks where it's like, you know every game is crucial. You know every game matters. And they just let so many winnable games just slip through their fingers. Uh, their most mm-hmm. recent game against the Colorado Rockies, I mean, they were up two runs entering the eighth and then some terrible bullpen decisions uh, by Tori Labello. And- oh, yeah. Poor bullpen play just led to the Rockies comeback. And it's like games like that. You just cannot slip away if you're the Arizona Dimebacks at this point in the season. Like, yes, you're still in it. When you look at the wild card race, only like at the time of us recording this, there are three games back. So a good, you know, nine game stretch could definitely put you within a game of the wild card mix. But it feels like 
that stretch is never going to come. I've seen this team now. We have a large sample size. Since basically mid-June, this D-backs have been a bad team. It is mid-August, Javi. So this is now like a two-month sample size where the D-backs have been like a, a team 15 games below 500. Basically a flip of the script of what we've seen the first 95. So how am I feeling? How am I holding up, Javi? I am ready for this regular <laughs> season to be over. At one point, I was riding the high. Let's talk to Javi every week. The D-backs are in the top of the standings now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is just therapeutic and cathartic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the only break we get, but it's literally the same thing for my team, man. I, I mean, it's just the same thing. And they lost to the D-backs this weekend. Uh, Gallon just absolutely shutting the Padres down, right? And yeah, it's Gallon, but it's also like, of course, we end up also giving him one of his best starts in a while. Uh, that's what the Padres do. If you're a good starter, but you've been uh, you've been good lately. But then if you play the Padres, oh, you're right back on track. Believe me, uh, that stuff, just really poor bullpen stuff, letting games get away from them. I, I just saw um, Brent says go Padres on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> okay. Shouts to Padres Twitter. I brought this up, which is the Baltimore Orioles, who we may be talking about a little Ooh. bit later. Uh, he mentioned the Orioles are 16th in on base percentage, 16th in home runs and 13th in the ERA. Despite that, they're 74 and 45. The Padres, meanwhile, are 10th in on base, Ooh. 10th in home runs, and 5th in ERA, but they're 56 and 63. Wow. That's. I feel like we could end it at that to really encapsulate what I mean when I say that this team is just losers, right? Like they only know how to lose and they find ways to lose. And I know you saw a little bit of that this weekend, but just truly like the most heinous level stuff. And I I go back and forth, like who should take the fall for this? Is it AJ Preller and management? I tend to lead that way, but I'm also like, Hey, he didn't tell them to be the worst with birds at square position in the league. Like, can you at least be like 17th? (laughs) You know what I mean? Can you at least be 17th with runners on base? It's just crazy. So it's, it's more than that. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's, there's going to be studies done on this Padres team that managed to be as bad a team with the talent and hype as you could possibly expect. You know what I mean? At least the D-backs have the quote-unquote excuse of being like, well, this year was kind of, we were hoping to have a good season, right? This is the beginning of our turnaround, and you saw it for a while, and it stinks that they're not going to make it, or at least likely not going to make it. I know, likely. (laughs) I know, it's it's over. I got you, I got you. I got nothing against the D-backs, especially with with our boy Bubgarner gone. I have nothing against the D-backs. Goodbye. But... At least they're playing with lack of a better term, like with, with house money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like, wow, we're breaking out before we thought people before people thought we would. That's kind of cool. And yeah, this stinks that we're blowing it. But at least you're not the Padres with like 80 bajillion dollars tied up. And the most interesting thing that's happened with your team all year is like, oh, God, uh, I don't even know what's an interesting Fun thing, uh, Hassan Kim basically, and he, he's great. Yeah. He's lovely. He's been a revelation. Other than that, yeah. he's been amazing. He's been amazing. He's been a revelation. But instead, it's going to be a whole lot of questions that need to be answered this offseason, including whether or not Bob Melvin stays, AJ Preller stays, if they extend Juan Soto because of the recent rumors, like all sorts of stuff, man. But yeah, trouble Juan in, um, in feisty Paradise. Soto with some of his comments recently, saying, "Hey, I, I see know this quitting out here. We need to stop that." I know. I know that he walked it back a tiny bit. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you let it slip, didn't you? <laughs> you let it slip that the vibe is just and you see it. Um, and, and I know you you've seen it a little bit because we play each other often. But mm-hmm. when you watch this team, I mean, it's unbelievable, dude. Like you take a two run lead on them in the second inning. It's over like they just they just it looks you can see them looking like they quit. 
which is something I don't, I don't want to throw around lightly because these are professional athletes and I don't think mm-hmm. they quit. But nonetheless, that's just what they've been giving off this year, man. Yeah, and also we, as, if anyone's played a sport growing up, we've all quit. We've all had moments where it's like, yeah. you know what? That score is a little too big. We ain't coming back in this one. Let's wrap it up, <laughs> y'all. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. <laughs> and honestly, it, yeah. I was a Padres fan. I mean, there's worse situations you can have. Obviously, the payroll is mm-hmm. a lot, but it's like I'm still gonna be bringing back all these stars next year. Really, the only contract that makes me a little upset is, is the U Darvish one because like that dude is just so much older than the rest of the roster and the deal that they gave yeah. him to pitch until like 41 42 but everyone else i'm like okay they all got like 10 year deals but i'm gonna see them in the prime for most of those deals i know my team and my gm is at least aggressive not afraid to make trades and not afraid to sign players and spend some money so i feel like you're always going to be at least in a competitive situation as a padres fan you know as a d-backs fan i don't know corbin carroll might get traded in two years you never know what this friend yeah yeah that's a good point that's a good point be like i know we signed him as a rookie but still that 18 million a year for an mvp candidate i don't know if we can afford that for the (laughs) book <laughs> I just don't oh, want to. I don't want to see that. I don't want that scenario to ever happen. But for today's podcast, you know, we're talking about the Padres being losers and my team being losers. Hopefully, the Padres are the losers this week because the the D backs are still kind of in it, and they need the the Padres to lose this series for the D backs to maintain their aspirations of making it to the postseason. Because on today's podcast, we're going to be drafting World Series contenders. And Javi, I don't know if you know this, but to be a World Series contender, you have to actually make it to the postseason and a team like the D-backs, it doesn't feel like that's going to be too likely. So I don't I don't want to spoil anything, but I want to assume that no one's going to draft the one of the least likely teams to make the postseason in today's draft of World Series contenders. So as always, for every draft, I got here a little quarter, Avi, that we're going to be flipping uh, for today's draft. I have it ready. I have it prepared. I'm assuming you're taking tails as you always do. Of course, man. You know how I roll. <sighs> For the audience. <sighs> wow. Heads. I mean, I mean, thank you, God. Got me. God, got me. Did. God did. All right. Let's start this draft off right. We could go into an ad break here, but let's get the number one pick off the board and then build suspense for number two. Because number one, for me personally, I think there's I think there's a tier one of two teams, one from the AL, one from the NL, that I think should go first and second in this draft. And I think the number one team that should be taken in this draft is in the National League. They're in the state of Georgia. They're in the city of Atlanta. I'm going to have to go with the Braves because this, when you're talking about roster building, Javier Reyes, when you're mm. talking about roster construction, the encyclopedia for that is going to be based off what the Atlanta Braves have done the last few years. When you want to know how to build a roster 101, how to maintain all when, when you're having like we always talk about farm systems and having all these prospects when all your prospects actually hit your team is going to get expensive. Like we don't usually see teams like the Oklahoma City Thunder who are loaded with prospects. And now it's like, OK, how am I going to pay all these players in baseball? We usually don't have that issue. And a team like the Atlanta Braves actually kind of had an issue where it's like, okay, we actually have like too much talent on this roster and how we're going to afford to pay all these players. Well, we're just going to pay them before they even turn into all-stars. And now you got guys like Michael Harris, the Ronald Acuna juniors of the world, Spencer Strider of the world. You're going to have all these core level players on really friendly long-term deals. You Trade away Freddie Freeman, which any other franchise does that, or you didn't trade him away, you let him walk in for agency. Any other franchise does that, mm-hmm. you're up in arms, you're you're riding the streets. That's a yeah. franchise star, one, you know, one of the best players in your organization's history. And what did you do? You replaced it with Matt Alston, who is 
going to potentially win the MVP this season if his teammate Ronald Acuna doesn't do that. Matt Olson's on pace for like 60 home runs and like 190 RBIs all of a sudden. So it's like when you look at this Atlanta Braves team, they have no weaknesses. They have an elite rotation led by Spencer Strider, who's only in like his second year. They have young guns up and down that lineup from the Acunas, the Olsons, to the Michael Harris's of the world. I don't really see a weakness on this team. This team has been dominant the last few years. We saw them win a World Series just a couple years ago. I think the Braves are the number one team in the World Series contenders draft. And I agree with you. Um, I agree with you 100%. On top, like you just mentioned already, the Michael Harris's of the world. Ozzie Albies, who's mm-hmm. been yeah. slightly overrated the past few years, low-key, yeah. uh, uh, especially with his switch hitting splits. But this year, he's having a pretty pretty good season. He's still only 26-year-old. He's one of those guys where you still will take him over so many other players because of the youth, because of the fact that this just might be one of those solid players that they have for a long time. He's got mm-hmm. 28 home runs this year. He's got a 3.3 F4. His WRC Plus is the highest it's been uh, of his whole career, which is a good sign, especially at age 26. Maybe he's So it's like whenever you find something with this team, there's also a possibility where you see room for improvement. Like with Albies there, where it's like he, he, a good player, a little bit more of a fantasy baseball legend than yeah. real life legend. Um, but like, as I mentioned, the WRC plus is the highest, highest of his career. He's 26. Maybe he's starting to figure things out. And maybe you're worried. Oh, what about Rosario? And what about these other guys? Well, you have them locked up uh, in Albies, Acuna, Olsen, who has what is it right now? Let me see. How many home runs is this? Does this like suck? 40 43 home runs. 43. It's got 43 home runs. <laughs> I know, right? Recording this podcast, maybe. Who knows? They've even got a good catching duo. And yes, again, you talked about bad situations. Padres fans, just be happy you wait in that Oakland A's tier because they gave up Sean Murphy, for what I understand, for, for what I remember, for basically nothing. Again, to all the people who want to complain about the NBA being weird sometimes and the NFL, well, at least the, at least in the NBA, when the Warriors lose in the conference finals, they then don't say, let's trade away Clay Thompson. You know what I mean? At least that's Nothing. not what happens in that league, right? Yeah. Like in this league, it's just you give up guys. And Sean Murphy is like the best catcher of the baseball at this point, right? So just incredible stuff. They're built so well in the pitching. Former Padre Max Freed. Uh, doing the, the Lord's work. He's been good. Charlie Morton's pretty good. Spencer Strider is a potential mm-hmm. Cy Young candidate. Uh, he's, I think he's got a, a little bit lit up a little bit recently, but 37.9% strikeout rate. Insane. And they also have other guys with Bryce Elder, with Max Freed, with AJ yeah. Minter. Like they've got a good bullpen. They, it's just the most complete team. And unlike the Los Angeles Dodgers, Unlike the Los Angeles Dodgers, they won when it wasn't a truncated season. And That's I think that right. they may win another one. So, look, all I'm saying, I've been saying this because I don't know what's going on, but I've been getting a lot of Dodgers people in my comments lately. Okay. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. They're like, oh, well, in 2017, that, that doesn't count because they cheated. I'm like, what happened to the other like 20 years? <laughs> like, if you ask my dad, what do you know about the Dodgers? He's like, don't they lose in the postseason every year? Yeah, that's what my dad would say. And he doesn't pay attention to anyone besides the Yankees. So, like, it's – anyway, going on a tangent, uh, it's a great <laughs> pick. It's it's correct and probably the front runner to win it all. Yeah, and I think we just named 18 players on the Braves. I don't even think we mentioned, like, an Austin Riley who's been, like, an MVP candidate yeah. in the past. And Crazy, he's like, right? And, like, this season he's, like, their 12th best player. That's, like, how loaded that <laughs> roster is. I got, like, it's Bryce insane. Elder. 
we, we didn't even know who Bryce Elder was before the season. He pitched like an all-star this year to fill in for the Kyle Wrights and the Max Freeds who's been on 60-day IL for the entire season. So insane how the Braves have been able to keep this engine going, been able to be consistently good this season despite dealing with so many injuries. But before we get to your number two pick, Javi, number two overall in this draft, I first want to tell our listeners about this new sponsor that we have. First time talking about them on this podcast. It's a little app called Bunches because Locked on Dimebacks fans, I have to tell you about a new app called Bunches. Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans. We can chat sports in real time. Click the link in the show notes description to join the app or go to the Apple App Store and download Bunches now. You're going to love the conversations with other Locked on Sports fans when you download the Bunches app. So download the Bunches app today. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured Locked on MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. That's right. All your Locked on hosts right there. You can also click the link in the description show notes to join the Locked on MLB Bunch community today. into the podcast hobby before we do don't forget to catch every d-backs and padres pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the serious xm app and either search up dimebacks or padres on the app all right javi back to the draft now you are on the clock your first pick of the draft number two overall of world series contenders so i was tempted to go a little hipster with this one and mm. not pick the obvious one but i decided against it because i am rooting for them uh, despite the fact that I don't necessarily have love for the state of Texas because okay. they gave us the Dallas Cowboys uh, and the Dallas Cowboys are the bait of my existence. We could save that for another podcast and other things for Texas, but that's a big one. Um, the big thing is, look, I, I don't want to pick them, but my thing is I think they represent a really nice counter to the narratives that we're going to receive this offseason, particularly when it comes to my team and teams like the Mets, right? that spend so much but don't get results. So I'm kind of rooting for this team because they kind of prove that that is very clearly untrue. Even though we have so many years of evidence that this that you need to spend in order to win, it's still nice to see that in a year of disappointment that they're doing well. And that's the Texas Rangers. Um, look, they've got it all. They have the second-best run differential in baseball, the best in the American League. They've got superstars. Like I said, they spent Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Look, hey, especially in the case of Marcus Simeon, Padres fans, if you're worried about Xander Bogarts, you can at least gleam some hope from Marcus Simeon wasn't very good his first year either. Yeah. And this Lindor. year he was a lot better. Yeah. Francisco Lindor. Like those are some guys you can gleam to. Lindor's awesome. My boy, obviously. And the Rangers kind of have it all right. They traded for Jordan Montgomery at the deadline. They traded for Max Scherzer at the deadline, who by the way, looked pretty washed. You and yeah. I were talking about Jay Harden. Uh, we were just you know, kind of a uh, shooting the, you know what, uh, before the podcast, talking about how he quits on teams. Did Max Scherzer do the same thing and say, I just need to, you know, play myself out of tech, uh, the New York Mets because in the three starts with the Rangers, he's got 26 strikeouts in 20 innings and a 1.8 ERA. That from Bryce Paddock, our boy of Lockdown Rangers. Um, that's a good example of why you bet on name value sometimes mm-hmm. because Scherzer, I thought between him and Verlander, definitely looked more cooked. Yeah, uh, giving sure. up way too many home runs. But I think everyone also agreed. Eh, I mean, if you're going to take a chance that someone's going to be able to bounce it back, it's Scherzer. So that's been really great for them. Corey Seager's a beast, uh, former enemy of the Padres. 
uh, they've got so much. Adolis Garcia is awesome, yeah. right? They they have a, a strengthened bullpen with Araldis Chapman and all that stuff. I worry that that might blow up in their face in the playoffs. And I know they just lost Josh Jung uh, for a few months. I'm pretty sure uh, that's a shame. That's a really big blow for them. But even still, I think they have a lot to do what it takes to potentially win it all. And because of admittedly some Padres biased reasons, I'm hoping that them spending a lot will overshadow, not overshadow, but it will at least stop some of the lazy analysis that we're about to get about how this is why you don't spend. It's like, mm-hmm. well, then go look at the Rangers. They're the World Series. You know what I mean? So uh, that's why I'm kind of pulling from. Yeah. And sometimes spending is a two year plan. It doesn't always mean spending that first year is going to work out. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we've point. seen it with the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, spending has yeah. always led to media success with them. I think the Padres are still going to turn it around and be OK. I think the fran- I think the history of all sports just tells you you have to spend low money uh, to build a consistent winner. And I love what the Rangers have done staying aggressive because you could you could have sat on your laurels. You could have said, you know what? We spent a lot of money this offseason on a guy like Jacob deGrom. He's been hurt the whole year, but we're still a very good team that's in contention for the World Series and everything like that. Maybe we don't want to put more money in a team committed to this season with so many with so much money already on the books and some of those players not even on the field. Maybe we don't want to be more pot committed to a season that we don't feel fully invested in is our best case scenario to win the World Series. And the Rangers said, you know what? Your window's small it's finite you never know when's going to be your best chance to win the world series so why not take advantage of us uh, in a season where we're dominating why not put all our chips in the middle of the table because if you look at teams right now in terms of run differential which is we just talked about the atlanta braves they're number one at 206 in the nl number two in major league baseball is the texas rangers at plus 193 and then after that it drops all the way down to tampa bay at plus 147 so the Braves and Rangers are outpacing the rest of the league by a lot when it comes to run scoring. And I think that Rangers offense, I mean, the pitching has been really good this year. It has been solid, but the offense for that Rangers team, when you talk about Marcus Simeon, that bounce back, Corey Seager, he's only played like what? 60% of the games this year, but when he's played, he's looked like maybe the best, not no Tani player um, in the American league could make the argument. He's in that running. So I just love that Rangers team. I think they're super deep and I love the fact that they, got aggressive at the deadline and then just sit on their hands with so many who with so much money already pot committed to this season. Some players mm-hmm. on the injured list. Nice move by the Rangers. Who do I want to take next though? Let's mm-hmm. see. Number three in this draft. Oh, I know who I want to take next. Ah, I was going to, I'm going to take the team where I thought should have been taken second this draft. I'm not mad at all for the Rangers pick number two overall, mm-hmm. because in terms of teams, in terms of like, success that I've seen on the field this year. I mean, you could easily say the Rangers have been the best American league team this year and the second best team in baseball. I don't think that's hyperbole at all, but in terms of teams that I trust, once we get to the postseason, teams that I trust in October, <laughs> this is probably the team that I trust more than anybody on this list, but the Braves just have a freaking loaded roster. And I just think on paper, I have to take them over anyone else. Mm-hmm. But number two on my list is the team that's hated more than any other franchise in major league baseball, more than the, even the New York Yankees right now because of this, I'm going to do it, cheating scandal just for the just for the listeners out there watching the YouTube channel because I'll probably get them riled up. But the Houston Astros, because the Astros, despite not being their dominant selves because they're not even in first place in the NL 
excuse me, AL West, which they usually dominate year after year. But even with that being said, they're still at the time of this recording, 17 games above 500. Jordan Alvarez is back healthy. He's still a superstar. Kyle Tucker is a stud as well. Jose Altuve is back and healthy. Jose Abreu has been a really disappointing signing, but you, th- this franchise could let a player like Justin Verlander go, who's coming off a Cy Young season, one of the best seasons we've seen in recent history. You could let him go because you still got guys like Fran Valdez in your rotation who's a stud you called up a guy like Hunter Brown who's a nice youngster maybe he hasn't fully blossomed yet in his career but he's still really nice Christian Javier's the Brandon Belax have really stepped up this year um Hopefully you you get a Lance McCullers back if you can. And also, let me not forget, the Houston Astros did retrade for Justin Verlander. So when you talk about who would you rather have between the Max Scherzer and the Justin Verlander, well, the Houston Astros went out there and acquired their reigning Cy Young Award winner from last season to go lead that rotation once again. So him mixed with the Valdez and some of their other young starters that they have in that rotation, plus the lineup that's been there with the Bregmans and the Altuves for the past few seasons with Alvarez too there's just no team i trust more once we get to the postseason in october this was the team that i was my my what i thought was gonna be the hipster pick uh Mm -hmm. to go second was the astros i mean everything you said is right and just everyone's still being not everyone i actually don't think they're as hated anymore i feel like people kind of got over themselves um, a little bit except for yankees and dodgers fans okay yeah because the dodgers fans want to yeah yeah like the, the yankee fans because they're bad and they're a mess and then the Dodgers fans, because they want to keep up the facade that they just got really unlucky for like 10 years straight in the postseason when it was really just one time in 2017. So it seems like those are the two teams that hate them. But uh, yeah, I mean, you got you got your daddy Alvarez, your dad Alvarez. He's killing it, of course. You're right, though. I trust them. They just win, man. Like they just find a way. They play super hard in the postseason. They become a different beast. I'm smelling like a random Jose Abreu redeems himself in the postseason storyline. You know what I mean? Like has a total garbage season and that just shows up out of nowhere. Wouldn't surprise me, right? Like just for that guy to finally show up, be like the the Jason Hayward from back with the Cubs when he kind of fell off a little bit and got hurt. But they say like his locker room speech in game seven was one for the history books. Like maybe Jose Abreu would something like that. But yeah, super deep. Um only thing with them is worth bringing up that Justin Verlander's playoff stats, not great. Yeah. Um, and that would be the one thing I'd be worried about um, is definitely just will they have that big name, big time, big jumbo pitcher to be able to go out there and shut down another team in a crucial game. That's my only thing. But other than that, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's the, it's the right pick. I mean, they're really good. They're just one. They're just one of those teams I would just find talent. It feels like when you look at the, like the Chaz McCormick's of the world, who's having like all of a sudden all-star level season, they always just find the talent to supplement the pieces that leave because not many franchises can let the George Springer's and the Carlos Correa's and the Justin Verlander's and the Garrett Cole's of the world walk mm-hmm. in free agency. And you still feel like one of the best world series contenders in major league. Baseball. Right. Uh, very I mean, tough. They, they let Verlander go and then they still ended up getting him back anyway. Like, yeah, don't you just feel like sometimes it's pointless? Like we should all just give up. That's what it feels like sometimes with the Astros. They're inevitable. They're inevitable. They're Thanos. That's right. Whew, my next pick. Um, because I'm a Padres guy and this is, I, I can't take, you know, the other team that I was thinking of taking, but I'm going to go with, honestly, I am going to go with the Seattle Mariners. Um, this is a team that is very heavily flawed. Um, their offense can struggle. Julio Rodriguez having a sophomore slump year, 
But I just, if there's a team that I feel like could make a run this year, it's them because of the pitching. And I know that doesn't shock anybody, but I don't know. We've seen teams like this before where they just have some really, you know, good situational hitting. And then they've just got crazy arms that they're going to throw at you, right? Like, and I do think offense matters, and I don't think that the Mariners neglected it. I just think that some guys have had down years. Ty France, former Padre, being one of them. Teoscar Hernandez not doing well. Um, Julio's sophomore slump, like I mentioned. Like, J.P. Crawford has been their best offensive player by most metrics this year, which isn't great. But just the Castillo, Gilbert, Kirby, Miller... Like, and then you could go out and throw Matt Brash in the bullpen, another former Padre, Andres Muniz. Like, you could do stuff with him. I just, I like the vibes of that team. I feel like they could just head into games this postseason and be like, we really don't care uh, who you're going to throw at us hitting wise. We're just going to make sure that all we have to do is score two runs and potentially make a run. This one could blow up in my face. Because sometimes, because we saw last year, you know, Mary's made the playoffs, but then they kind of got smoked by the Astros. But I at least think that they can make a little bit of a dent um, this year if they make the playoffs. I think that they've got that just unbelievable pitching. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just feel like their guys are there's some gamers on this team. And it wouldn't surprise me if some of these guys wake up and have some cool playoff streaks. So that's what I'm going to go with. And also because I was watching their documentary again on YouTube this weekend and it was very fun. (laughs) That's why it's a documentary pick. That's okay. Uh, I don't actually don't hate this pick. They're a little bit lower on my list, but I do like the makeup of the Mariners. I do think there's Mm -hmm. a formula that they could get to that could lead to maybe a ALCS run because they do have a really good rotation guys like Logan Gilbert have really stepped up this year with the bullpen combined like you could really just like you said you score two or three runs that could be enough uh, to win a Mm -hmm. ball game so I I do see a formula there I just don't know like if you're talking about best case scenario a team like uh, a guy like Teoscar Hernandez is going to be I think a pending free agent this offseason so maybe Mm -hmm. you make as a wild card team and all of a sudden okay it's October. Lights are the brightest. All of a sudden, Hernandez trying to make himself some money. He goes up there and starts smacking extra base hits and home runs left and right. And maybe they ride some hot hands. Maybe Julio gets going. Maybe he struggled the whole regular season only because he needs to feel those playoff lights shining on him to really kick up his game. So sometimes players are just uh, you got those playoff performers, you know, the intangibles sometimes with guys. And maybe the Mariners have some dogs in there that need to get to the postseason to, uh, you know, elevate their game a little bit. Now, I'm going to be making my next pick, number five in this draft. But before we get there, Javi, I first want to tell our listeners about this little thing called eBay Motors. Because for a championship team, hold on, before I even get into it, let me make sure I have on my video overlay for the YouTube audience. Because for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply
let's get back into the podcast, Javier Reyes. Four picks have been made. I took Braves, you took Rangers, I took Astros, and then you took Mariners for teams we think are the strongest World Series contenders. I got the next pick, number five. I do think there is a team that should be drafting here that I think you debated drafting here, but you're like, you know what? I'm not taking an NLS foe. I'm going to go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the same mm-hmm. thing. I'm going to take the Philadelphia Phillies here. Yeah. At number five overall. And this, when you're talking about teams spending a lot of money in the offseason and maybe not hitting their maximum ceiling, uh, you could look at the Phillies as one of those examples because, I mean, really the last, like, you look at last year's free agency class and the year before, they were loaded with shortstops. Shortstops, low key, the last couple of years really haven't been hitting on the open market. Not just Yo Guy uh, Bogarts, but the Trey Turners, the Dansby Swansons of the world, the Carlos mm-hmm. Correas of the world. Like all these mega shortstops from the last couple of seasons, uh, off seasons. Trevor Stories, like none of them have really lived up to the billing. It's crazy, uh, yeah. So far, which is insane. The only guy who really has is the dude on the Texas Rangers who we discussed, uh, Corey mm-hmm. Seager. He's been a beast, but the rest of these guys, like I, you can't even feel bad. Like you could say Bogarts has been the best non-Seager shortstop. <laughs> right it's crazy (laughs) so it's like i wouldn't even feel bad if i'm a padres fan because it's been so crazy with those guys but you look at this phillies team like i still like this lineup i still think it's pretty deep overall when you got harper obviously Cassiano, she was really hot in the first half he slowed down a little bit cal schwarber this season is doing his best adam dunn chris davis impression by batting one he's doing his best (laughs) yeah we're gonna have like 40 home (laughs) runs at the end of the season the rotation is nasty (laughs) i think Nola hasn't been as good this year. I think he's an impending free agent. Um, I wonder if that yep. has anything to yep. do with it. Uh, Zach Wheeler, I think he's probably – I think the underlying stats say he's better than what maybe his peripheral stats say. Mm. Uh, I think the rotation yep. solid. I think, I think like this overall team, I think it's well-balanced. I think they have a lot of pieces that I like. I think they have stars all over, but no one has really played to their ceiling. We haven't seen the best version of Bryce Harper or Kyle Schwarber or Zach Wheeler of Aaron Nola, and they're still going to be the top wildcard team potentially that wins 88 games. So if this team hits their stride like they did the last postseason, we already saw a guy like Bryce Harper. Harper, he is that dude when the bright lights shine the most when they get the hottest. Bryce Harper freaking turned it on last season, and it felt like it was a one-man crew carrying that team's offense through the NLCS, through the World Series. So if I'm picking a team that could get hot, that has the requisite talent to get hot and actually carry themselves deep into the postseason, I'm going to pick the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, I mean, um, that pick was probably what was going to be my next one. The only thing I'd say is just based on vibes, they did it last year. Are they going to be able to do it again, especially when you consider that some of their players aren't playing as well? I'm not worried about Wheeler, but Aaron Nola is just the ultimate every other year guy. Harper, like, been good, but hasn't been slugging the ball all that much, right? Only seven home runs this year. Like, he hasn't been doing... Um, as much as we're accustomed to from Bryce Harper things, even if the overall, you know, 289, 378 on base, you know, average respectively. He's like, coming off like good. what, Tommy John? <laughs> like exactly. Tommy John. exactly. It's just, like something crazy. It, it, it's it's not me blaming him. It's more just yeah. it feels like it was already a surprise for yeah. them to have done it last year. If they were to do it again, it would be even crazier like obstacles to overcome it feels like uh for this season even though they've arguably been just a little bit better this year a little bit more clean of a team but uh i mean it's still a fair take because like you said like on paper like it won't shock literally anybody if once you get you play some philadelphia playoff games and it's just wow yeah they had three home runs and two innings like that wouldn't surprise anybody and if those guys at the top of the rotation are able to catch fire then that'd be huge for them so yeah i think it's a good pick man 
Thank um, you, man. Now my pick. my pick. Yes. My pick. I refuse to elaborate further because they are a rival. Um, but I'm going to do this one because mm-hmm. I like to be right. And I'm still going to make fun of them at the same time. And that's the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, this year, they have been very much a home run on base team. They're third in on base percentage, third in runs, second in home runs, third in slugging percentage. They win based off offense. Mm-hmm. But they are the Dodgers. And while there's everyone's talked about this ad nauseum, the fact that you can bring in Lance Lynn, right? And he has a 6.47 ERA. He comes in. Seven innings, three runs, six innings, one run, five innings, no runs. That just shows you that they, if anyone could put it together, it's the Padres, or I'm sorry, the Dodgers, <laughs> definitely not the Padres. Uh, Walker Bueller maybe can come back at the very end. He's been warming up, getting back into things. But lastly, and here's my roast, maybe it's actually good for them that they're not the favorite for once. Maybe if they're not the favorite, they won't find a way to choke horrendously oh. and horribly. You know what I mean? So in a way, I actually think that this could be good for them. No one's really no one's talking about the Dodgers in like a giant way, the way that we're used to Braves, Rangers, Astros, you know, like all these other teams, Orioles, right? Like all these other teams that and I I think it might strangely be good for them to not have nearly as much pressure. I'm just going based off of, hey, having all the pressure on you and being the best team unquestionably in the sport for the last like nine, ten years. That hasn't really worked out. So maybe being a really good team that no one's necessarily talking about might actually benefit them. Be that that sleeping giant, uh, dare I say. So I'm roasting them, but picking them at the same time. Yeah, uh, it feels like they're not as dominant a years past. And maybe like the general public doesn't feel as strongly as them just being the consensus favorite in the National League to at least, you know, get to the NLCS or the World Series. But I'm looking at the regular season standings right now. Braves at 77 wins, Dodgers at 71. There's still a, a path where mm-hmm. the Dodgers team could finish like second in Major League Baseball wins or maybe still be the best team coming out the National League, at least in terms of the regular season, which I actually would prefer, Javi, because I do want to see that choke job. I'd love seeing the Dodgers... <laughs> That franchise, yeah, I want to see another franchise record of wins to lose in the divisional series. That's what we live for. If the D-backs don't make it to the playoffs, I at least want the Dodgers to win every single regular season from here on out, just so it's that much sweeter when they get blown out in the wild card round by, I don't know, the Cincinnati Reds or the Chicago Cubs. That's what I really want to see because, yeah, I think the Dodgers are probably going to be next in my draft too. They do seem a little bit more susceptible this year, as you've talked about, with their offense really being their calling card because you do look at that rotation the Gonsolin the Julio Urias's have not been the same this year uh just baseballs Walker Bueller we'll see whenever he comes back into the fold mm-hmm. this year you see how I did that little plug for just baseball you're welcome um the bullpen's also just been a little bit more hit or miss uh as well mm-hmm. and then Kershaw he's missed time a lot of time this year with injury and we know when you're talking about pitchers struggling in the postseason with Justin Verlander earlier, it's more like World Series for Verlander. You look at round by round for Kershaw, you could directly point to him in some of the series. Not great. Not yeah. great. Yeah. Not How great. Do you win if he's literally not pitching. Like, it, it just send him at home. He might have went farther in the postseason. Hall of Famer, but when you have those like bar, you know, arguments about the ultimate hierarchy of best pitchers yeah. ever, it's it's the playoff stuff that's going to keep him from going into like everyone's going to you have to take some of the other Hall of Fame pitchers above him because of how poorly the playoffs have gone just in terms of career stuff. So, yeah, crazy stuff, yeah. man. 
I probably said on the pod, he's just he's Peyton Manning, all time regular season player. Playoff? I think the Dodgers are Peyton Manning in general. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I I love this <laughs> section. Let's just end the pod there. We'll do a couple more here. Uh, number seven in this draft that I'm going to draft for World Series contenders. Okay, so I'm going to be drafting actually the Toronto Blue Jays uh, with my pick. Mm. I. I actually had, look at my list, I have two more AL East teams actually ahead of the Blue Jays, but I actually want to get a little frisky because if you actually tell me, gun to my head on paper, who do I feel the most confident in in the AL East? On paper, I do like the Blue Jays the most. The Baltimore Orioles, who you can still draft, I'm just going to talk about them. They just feel the most unproven to me with the youngest amount of talent. The Tampa Bay Rays are just... I just look at them as like the Utah Jazz. Elite regular season team. I know they're going to win 90 to 100 games every single season. But once you get to the postseason, I just don't trust them. I don't trust that heavy analytical approach. The Blue Jays, I know they're not the perfect roster, but they just have so much talent. And it's another like Phillies argument. If their talent hits their stride at the right time, because I think they could be like last year's Phillies, like Vlad Guerrero Jr. I know you broached the topic. Like, is he one of the more overrated players in major league baseball? Because outside that one really home run, you know, monstrous season, he hasn't been like elite. He's been good, but he hasn't been like world Mm -hmm. bending or anything like how we probably talk about him. But if he gets going, get the Matt Chapman, still got my guy bar show, George Springer, look at the rotation. It's still deep with the, maybe it doesn't have like any league Garrett Cole or something, but you have like, a bunch of low-end number ones or high-end number twos with the Bassets, Barrioses, Gosmans, Kikuchis have been really good this year as well. Bullpen is mm-hmm. good. I just think this Blue Jays team is really well-balanced. I don't think they usually live up to their um, ceiling in terms of talent. I think they're kind of like the White Sox were like a couple years ago where like, I love this White Sox team in terms of talent, but they're still only like an 88-win uh, team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick them to be my dark horse once I make to the playoffs. I think the Blue Jays have a lot of dark horse energy around them but i wouldn't be surprised at mm-hmm. all if they either made it to the world series or if they got like blown out in the wild card round i think they could be in either world i i like that term dark horse energy that's exactly like mm-hmm. no one's talking about them right now mm-hmm. and that's kind of why i was interested in them like low-key like kevin gosman awesome pitcher uh, i know he was awesome, great last yeah. year too he was great with the giants but like low-key one of the best pitchers in the american league like he's been yeah. great jose barrios is at least not like he's not incredible. He has some starts where he gets lit up and he might not be a guy that you trust in the postseason, but just in terms of for them this year, like has at least rebounded uh, in a way where he's playable. Um, and like you said, with Kikuchi and et cetera. So I do worry about them not having that extra reliable, like super starter that you feel good about. I actually would feel good about taking a bet on. No, I'm not going to say Philly. I refuse to believe in Aaron Ola. but um, especially after what his brother did to my team <laughs> for so long. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's a, a really fun pick. Um, now it's my turn, right? Yeah. Do you want to make this <laughs> the final pick of the draft? We're at a uh, 43 minutes here and then maybe we'll just do a couple yeah. of mentions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I usually feel like around the eighth pick, we start getting a little wily in these drafting podcasts. Oh yeah. We absolutely get wily. This is the, this is when I say something crazy, like the Mets. <laughs> like, that's, but no. um, that's when the cuss words start coming out on accident. I'm going to go with, I feel it. Cause I feel like we have to pick them, but they've been in the news for all the wrong reasons. Like, Oh, do it. Um, yeah, this is your team. But I, yeah, I, I don't think I want to do it because no, I just you think... like this team. You support this team. Do it. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> stop. No one stop. <laughs> Aggregators, don't you dare! Like take do what it. he says here. Um, I'm going to go 
with the Chicago Cubs. Oh, my last pick. Oh, I you're just, weak. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> um, I'm not doing that other team because I actually just think that the vibes are too heinous right now. <laughs> okay, uh, that's regardless fair. of the rest of the team. Yeah. Um, Chicago good. Cubs. If they make the playoffs, you could throw out Justin Steele and Kyle Hendricks. And feel good about that. Or I'm sorry, not Kyle Hendricks, uh, Marcus Stroman. I think Stroman had, has had a good bounce back season. And I know he's hurt right now. I don't think he's hurt for, for too long. Um, but if you get that guy in a playoff game, something tells me he's not going to falter. So I like that. Mm-hmm. And Justin Steele, low key, was really good at the end of last year as well, by the way. Also, uh, follows uh, Just Baseball TikTok, I believe. So shout out to Justin Steele. Hey. He's really good. He's been a revelation. He's having that like quiet rise to prominence the way that I remember Jake Arietta having. Where like no one's talking about Arietta, and then all of us like Arietta had like two good seasons with the Cubs, and then that third season is when he had that crazy like point three ERA in the second half or whatever. Then he became a star. They won the World Series, etc. Justin Steele's giving me those vibes a little bit. They revitalized Cody Bellinger, Dansby Swanson. We forgot to mention him with shortstops. He was not. He has not been disappointing. So I like him. I just think he is just the definition of solid. Like I think he's going to be one of those players that gives you four f4 like every year for a while you know what i mean like i don't know if he's gonna have that mvp quality season but solid bat decent power good defense has shown that he gets better every year i like him um i like the acquisition of candelario so on top of me just not wanting to take that other team i genuinely think that if this team makes the playoffs it could be a fun little run i don't think they're gonna go far but i like the steel stroman thing um to carry them even if they're not as good as the other teams that we left off this draft rather curiously yeah, and as we say with every Cubs topic on this podcast, Belly's back, baby. He's going to get mm-hmm. a massive uh, contract this offseason. Oh, yeah. That will conclude this little World Series uh, draft. Cubs being the last pick, interesting. Um, A couple. There's a couple of ALE teams you could potentially oh, take yeah. it there still in that spot. Um, Because if you're just talking about honorable mentions, you got the Baltimore Orioles. You got that other ALE team who I don't think we're mentioning on today's podcast. We, with I mean, we might as well, right? Okay. Like I could do it. I could. <laughs> you want me to do it? Of course. <laughs> Firstly, Orioles agreed. Yeah. Uh, I just think the Orioles are going to get smoked. Um, Jack Flaherty just gave up a grand slam to Gary Sanchez. Nice. Um, oh, I just think that. that for that team, and we talked about this the deadline, for you to be having one of your best seasons in a while, and then your big move is Jack Flaherty. No offense to the guys, he's, he's okay. He's just his arm just might be blown out. It's not a question necessarily of visibility. Um, and that's your big thing. You didn't spend any money on pitching the offseason. You're a young team. I just feel like we see those type of teams get smoked uh, in the first round every year. Yeah. Um, and then the Rays, who should be going a lot higher. But um, yeah. given the Wanda Franco situation, like no jokes, really scary. Not going to comment on it too much other than like, yeah, uh, Wanda Franco might not be playing baseball ever again. Uh, with that, I imagine people are following it. We'll have to see how that develops. And then the other thing is Shane McClanahan, uh, their ace being out for not just this season, but it was just announced he's going to be getting Tommy John. Just the vibes on that team are really bad. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I you should probably take them above the Cubs, which which I did there. But just the vibes are so poor with them right now. And I just, and I don't know if they did quite enough at the deadline to be able to, to seal things. And they lost like literally two of their best players. One to injury and one to obvious off the, off the field issues. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes, but. Yeah, man, I'm not feeling it. And then we're not taking the Brewers or the Twins. I think no. both of us are like, screw that. No, no central. Korea postseason, maybe? No, no, no. Can no. he? I mean, he looks, yeah. 
The problem with Correa is his bad year is also supported by all that weirdness with the injuries mm. that prevented the Giants and Mets from acquiring him, which makes me think, oh, no, like this guy might actually be cooked. And that's why teams were worried about it. So I can't immediately just blindly say Puerto Rican power. He'll do great in the postseason. <laughs> so that's the other team. Um, and then Miami, that being the last, like in terms of like teams and then the Giants. Yeah. I guess the Giants is one, right? Yeah, they're crafty, that's man. Here. They're crafty. <laughs> they're crafty. Logan Webb could could ball out, man. Like he, he could go crazy young. in the postseason. I think I just don't trust their bats. I think that's part of it. That's fair. Right. And they're old. Alex Cobb's a little old. I think that's what it is, is that they're a bit old. They're and a veteran I don't think team. we trust. They're a veteran team, good team, but I just don't they're a team that's in missing of what they try to get, Correa. Yeah. Like they're missing that anchor superstar. That's yeah. what they need. Maybe they're gonna go for a time this offseason. There's nothing sexy about the Giants. They're just a bunch of J.D. Davises and Michael Confortos who are like 35 years old and just putting together <laughs> soft seasons, the Wilmer Flores and the Thyro Estradas and like all these dudes who are like oh, yeah. best players oh, on yeah. your fantasy team or like maybe waiver wire pickups that have like really helped your fantasy uh, team this season. But like you're not drafting any Giant like the first seven rounds of your fantasy draft. These are all waiver wire pickups unless you're taking like Logan Webb or something. But somehow they just consistently put a, a great product on the field. And if the Giants do ever get a player like show or tani or at least another aaron judge or superstar level player um that 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 situation will be woken up in san francisco because i just a sleeping giant ready to come storm the nos once again so wrap up the draft number one braves two rangers three astros four mariners five phillies six dodgers seven blue jays eight chicago cubs with millard once again clean sweep of the draft board falls perfectly to him <laughs> once again gets the Astros the Phillies and the Blue Jays Whew. good job by Miller good job by you Javier Reyes where can the listeners come and find you uh before uh, we depart today at Javapedio J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O um and at L-O underscore Padres for only Padres stuff uh gonna be writing more at Just Baseball thing on Hassan Kim who we mentioned earlier gonna be yeah. writing about that then gonna be doing some fun stuff uh, that I will reveal later for Just Baseball in terms of articles. And then uh, if you're a movie fan and you've made it this far into the podcast, uh, I got a Blue Beetle review coming out uh, oh. for Nerdist, I think tomorrow or today by the time people listen to this. So check up, that out. Down. Um, Should I see it? I, I don't know if I could. Can't, I can't say it. I'm not okay. allowed because okay. I saw it. or I actually literally am not allowed to say um, a thing. I, I mean, I tweeted out my reaction, I think so. I saw um, your reaction because I yeah I, I like the actor neck. I, I'm big on Cobra Kai, so I'm in on uh, yes, yeah. Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I don't know his real my name. Dude. He doesn't Miguel in my head when I see him. Jolo Maradueña is his okay. name. He's he's incredible. Oh, Miguel Diaz is, is, is iconic. I didn't know. I did not know you were a Cobra Kai head. So this is huge news for us. Um, but yeah, check out everywhere on there and just stay tuned to the podcast. Still gonna be recapping games and going over stuff. So. Yeah, at Creative Times 24 for my personal account. We'll look up Locked on Dimebacks. Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle Locked on Dimebacks on YouTube, on all podcasting platforms. And don't forget to catch every D-backs and Padres pitch on their hometown broadcast. We download the Sirius XM app and either search up Dimebacks or Padres on the app. That's Javier Reyes doing another draft, another week, another discussion as we always do. Javi, until next time, sir. No, <laughs>